the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for The Ride Home. It's another hot one here in the city of Pittsburgh, is it not? Super Holy smokes. Hot. I saw a sign the other day that, you know, equated, if it's this hot, then the asphalt in the parking lot that you're currently standing on is this hot. Which who figures that out? I don't know. Who has enough time to think? You know what I'm going to figure out today? Well, it was a sort of cautionary tale, like don't hang out on the hot asphalt. Oh, or don't walk on it without right, shoes because you'll melt. Like into I'm the not surface. sure who would do that, but right. Anyway, it is a hot one. Oh my oh, gosh, I'm telling you, yeah. I went to uh, do my exercise program I talked about yesterday on the air, and I thought. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, I thought uh, I did it. I did. did it. I thought that? in an unair conditioned house, you got to really want to do this. <laughs> you yeah. have to really want to eat the thin Oreos later. Uh-huh. You Why don't you just get on a bike? Take a little bike ride. You get some breathing. You know. Yeah. No. 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 That's not no. Committed to that. It. All right. My bike's still broken. All right. Busy day here today, as we always do. We get underway. Kath gives us the top news stories of the day. Kath, would you please give us the top four at four? I would. For Tuesday, June 7th, 2021, the Senate released a report today identifying widespread security and intelligence failures that led to the January 6th assault on the Capitol. The analysis includes multiple recommendations to address the failures and protect the Capitol from future attacks. Now, check this out. In a rare bipartisan joint interview, the Republicans and Democrats leading the investigation sat down, sat down together with CBS News for a conversation about what went wrong. Hmm. Asked about what surprised them the most in learning about the investigation, Democrat Senator Gary Peters said it was the intelligence failure. Republican Senator Roy Blunt said how long long it took the Defense Department to respond. His fellow GOP Senator Rob Portman said it was the total lack of preparedness on the part of the Capitol Police. And Senator Amy Klobuchar said it was the frontline officers who were left to defend us our staff and democracy. So each one of them has a little bit of a different okay, take, that's good. right? Yeah. But, but this report is the result of two hearings, thousands of documents, and numerous interviews over the past five months. Now check this out. Around 75%, okay, more than three quarters of the officers that were working on January 6th did not have protective equipment like helmets or shields, according to the new report. Wow. One unit wasn't able to access their gear because it was locked in a bus. Some riot shields had been improperly stored, and so when they started to use them, they shattered. The DOJ is currently pursuing more than 450 prosecutions relevant to the riots. Number two, hopes for a big infrastructure investment are fading. What? As ambitious elections and the voting bill is all but dead. Of course, the legislation on gun control and immigration has stalled out. And after six months of Democratic control in the nation's capital, the AP reports the party's progressive wing is growing restless as the campaign promises have gone undone. 
The summer work period is traditionally among the busiest for Congress, but especially sharpened this year as Democrats strain to deliver on the president's agenda in an evenly divided Senate. Of course, the party suffered a debilitating blow over the weekend when Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, announced his opposition to the voting bill because, of course, it is a top party priority. Mm-hmm. Number three, a report on the origins of COVID-19 by a U.S. government national laboratory has concluded that the virus could have leaked from a Chinese lab in Wuhan, mm-hmm. according to today's Wall Street Journal. The study was prepared back in May of 2020, so that was a whole year ago, wow. more than a year ago, by the Lawrence Livermore National Lab in California. But it is attracting fresh interest today now that President Biden has ordered that the U.S. intelligence agencies must report to him within weeks on how the virus emerged. Mr. Biden said that U.S. intelligence has focused on two scenarios, whether the government, whether this, pardon me, the coronavirus came from a human contact with an infected animal or from a lab accident. Chinese government has reportedly denied, John, do you know this? Do you know that they're denying that it slipped out of one of their labs? Shocking, mm-hmm. isn't it? Shocking. And they say that they're cooperating fully with international efforts to find the pandemic's origin. And number four, the refugee team for the Tokyo Olympics has 29 athletes competing in 12 sports. Did you know about the refugee team? No. Mm -hmm. Tell me that story. Okay. So according to the AP, the team, which is selected by the International Olympic Committee, it was just announced today, was drawn from 55 athletes who had fled their home countries and then got scholarships to train for the games in a new home country. That's so cool. Okay. Let me tell you about one of them. Uh, Kamiya uh, Elizada. That's a guess. For example, she was the first Iranian woman to win an Olympic medal. She took bronze in Taekwondo at age 18, but now she's based in Germany after she defected from Iran because she criticized wearing the mandatory hijab headscarf. Hmm. The 29 athletes are originally from Afghanistan, Cameroon, Congo, Republic of Congo, Eritrea, Iraq, South Sudan, Syria, and Venezuela. They will comp- compete in Olympics, uh, Olympic sports like swimming, athletics, badminton, boxing, canoeing, etc., etc. The Tokyo Olympics are from July 23rd to August 8th, and that is your top four at four. Very nice. Well, uh, are they? Are the Olympics on, or are they? Are they no, uh, no, they're on. You're sure about that? Well, the the Japanese authorities have had every opportunity to cancel them, but say that they can't do it because the Olympics were, of course, supposed to be last year. They've already been canceled. And so they're saying, look, we cannot do that again. Okay. So here it is. Uh, This is from today's Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. The intensity of the standoff between International Olympic Committee officials and the Japanese public over whether this summer's games should go on as planned were uh, clear recently when IOC member Dick Pound told a magazine that the event would take place even if the Prime Minister of Japan asked that it be canceled. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, I'm not so sure co- about this yet. COVID is worse now in Japan yeah. than it was a year ago when they canceled the Olympics. So what if you're a world-class athlete and you're flying into that hot mess and you're scheduled to compete at the highest level and you may come down with a debilitating sickness? What happens then? Well, you, what can I say? You trust your vaccine Uh, that it's going to do the very best for you it can, but it's not 100%. No vaccine is 100%. Okay, so you would imagine, of course, that all the athletes would have already been vaccinated. I think the athletes will have have to be vaccinated. Yeah, you would show your vaccine passport. There it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But what about the people who are supposed to work at the events? Right. Because, you know, a quarter of them have have 
you know, resigned their positions. What about the spectators? I don't know if they're even going to have spectators. Okay, so it's weird. All right, when is it scheduled to start? Mm, July 23rd. All right. Well, there's still time. Seven weeks. All righty. Isn't that cool, though, about the refugee athlete? Yeah, it is. I love it. It's a great It's a great idea. I hope yeah. one of them wins a medal. So they'll all walk, walk in together under the same flag. That's very cool. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, when we do come back, Tim and Kathy Keller will join us. We love the Kellers. Minutes. We're going to talk about forgiveness and uh, coming home again. Tim and Kathy Keller next on The Ride Home here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are Word FM. W-O-R-D. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, spotlights Craig Pollard this Saturday to discuss bivocational ministry. Learn how local ministries like The Family Wins exists under the leadership of businessmen and women like Craig. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for this and an informative show for seniors and their families about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages have become very popular. Understand their benefits, costs, and concerns. Sponsored by Federated Mortgage. Home is where the heart is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. Join Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise this August. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'm excited to tell you that I'll be joining my friends at Salem Media Group to host a cruise to Alaska, and I'm hoping that you can join me. Alaska, as you know, is filled with glaciers, rugged mountains, and wildlife, a land where God's design and majesty are constantly on display. If you've ever dreamed of exploring this amazing place, now's your opportunity, especially as we'll experience the wonders of Alaska in a community of other believers, and this from the comfort of our first-class ship. The week will be enhanced as my friends Laura Story and Michael O'Brien lead us in worship and as together we look at God's Word for both challenge and inspiration. Join Salem Media Group and our trusted partner Inspiration Cruises and Tours this summer. Sign up now, 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Or log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. Check it out, Lemu. A roadside carnival. Step right up, folks. Test your strength. Come see the fire-breathing baby. <laughs> Let's fan out and tell people that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Look! An emu wearing sunglasses! Lemu, you're famous. <laughs> only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. 
Tim Keller, you may know, is the founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan, which he started in 1989 with his wife and three young sons. Kathy Keller formerly served as Assistant Director of Communications for Redeemer Presbyterian Church and are with us right now on the air. Hey, Kath. Hey, Tim. How are you doing? Good, except that uh, we are having a big cloudburst right now. So if you hear thunder in the background, it's not oh. our emotions. It's just a, uh, it's just a thunderstorm. Okay, great. Well, well you know, we lost we lost Kath. Oh, we we lost Kath, but we're getting her back. That's okay. Technology allows us to to call her again. Ah. Okay. okay, Tim. So your wife will be with us in just a sec. Um, all right. So let's start into first of all, Tim. Um, we're always glad to hear from you. Um, give us a report on how you're feeling. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Give us a report on how you're feeling. Well, it's um, I'm feeling good because it's the week I don't have chemo. I have chemo every other week. Okay. And and that's the reason why uh, on my good weeks I feel good and the bad weeks I feel bad. Uh, on the other hand, and what people want to know how I'm actually doing, and the answer is, it would be great if the chemo if the chemo had destroyed the cancer totally, so I was able to say I have no cancer. But it hasn't done that. But it has kept it very much. Um, uh, controlled, it's not growing, and so next best thing. Next best uh, thing. So it's not advanced. So right now we're very grateful. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Tim, you just got to know that we pray for you and we pray for Kath and mm-hmm. all the people who are taking care of you. Thank you. I mean, that's that's not how I say it. Uh, everybody talks about that. Oh yeah, we'll pray for you. But sure, actually, sure. Kathy and I actually do feel uplifted all year. By prayer, well, I mean, it, we, we it feel it's palpable. Good. Honestly, we can feel it. It's, I'm not being, I'm not just saying that. Fabulous. So, thank you. Hey, Kathy, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, good. Thanks. Well, yeah. we a little. Uh, this is our, this is only our second day back in studio after almost 15 months away. So we're uh, wow. We're still kind of mm. working out the kinks. Yeah, I keep looking around and saying, "Wait, this isn't my spare room." What the heck's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All these lights. Anyway, yeah. all right, you guys. Um, I want to talk about forgiveness. Tim, you wrote a really terrific, challenging um, essay for Comet Magazine that came out in the spring called "The Fading of Forgiveness," and um, at the beginning of your article. You couch it in terms of the racial issues we're having, particularly here in America. And then, of course, as the article goes on, you um, enlarge your approach and talk about different countries, different systems, um, and different needs for forgiveness. Um, I want to kind of bring it into a personal level, onto a personal level, and um, talk about maybe how it would look like, how forgiveness would look in a family situation. Um, I had shared, I don't know, a couple weeks ago on the air that um, years ago when our daughters were little, uh, my husband and I were having a hard time communicating, having a hard time agreeing. And when we got to a place of disagreement, it often turned into a place of anger. And of course, um, because we remembered being kids and knowing what it was like when our parents were fighting, um, we didn't want to do that to our kids. And so we decided to come up with this unconventional strategy, which is very, very uncomfortable, I will tell you. Um, uh, and it was just out of desperation. We just decided that we would, when we had a fight, we would tell our kids about it. 
like we would sit down and we would say, this is what we were fighting about and this is what it was. And this is how we had to forgive each other. How it was resolved. This is how it was resolved Mm -hmm. so that they would know that there was a resolution, but that they would also see that it was not, I mean, this was not, you know, I don't want anybody listening to this uh, program to think that this was some kind of beautiful moment where there was like music playing softly in the background and everybody loved one another. (laughs) No, because forgiveness is awkward. It was really awkward. Yeah. It was super awkward. Um, so that's kind of my, you know, like insight to example of how forgiveness works, Tim, um, and how I've, mm-hmm. how I've seen it. And I think it's, it has been a really healing thing for all of us in our family to have, to have like witnessed that and lived through it. Um, so talk about how you see that. Talk about how, how your big thoughts about forgiveness translate into the small things in family life. Oh, I think that's, a ter- that's terrific. Look, there's only three kinds of people. There's the perfect people. Well, actually, there aren't in those Jesus, but then nobody else. So there's, there's going to be there's perfect people who don't make mistakes. And, of course, we don't have any of those around anymore. Uh, secondly, there's people who make mistakes and they don't they won't they don't repent for them. They don't admit them. They don't admit I blew it. And they don't ask for forgiveness. They just they they defend themselves. They uh, they make excuses. They throw they, they shift the blame. And the third are repentant people. And I would say those are people who say I have not only done something wrong, but I admit that I've done wrong and I ask for forgiveness. And I would say, you, you, so you brought it into the realm of parenting. I think it is utterly crucial that children see, because they know you're not perfect, which means you're either the proud kind of person or the, or the parent or the, person, the parent that admits you've blown it and that you can repent. And I just can't imagine a more important thing to get across to our kids, your kids. So I'm absolutely 150% supportive of what you did there with your husband. Right. So then how does that work? I mean, Kath, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you and Tim, like every married couple, you you, you, know, you run into roadblocks. Um, that same kind of model in a marriage, does that overlay, uh, you know, into societal ills? I mean, how does that work in the larger, grander scheme? It seems very complex. Well, it is complex, but I think if you start small, you can scale big. And mm. repentance, people often think of if they have to say, I'm sorry, if they have to admit a fault, that shows weakness. I think it's totally the opposite. It shows strength. It takes a brave person to say, I really messed up, and I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? And that's one of the reasons it has such a powerful effect on a marriage or on children to see their parents admitting that because it shows a strength that then you pass on to your children. But then you get to a situation like South Africa when Nelson Mandela had the, um, Tim, maybe you mentioned this in your article, yeah, did. The, um, the Truth and Justice mm-hmm. um, and Reconciliation Committee where people were able to come in and say, I did this, I killed these people. And they, as long as they were honest, they were forgiven. And that healed a nation. I mean, that that nation is not without problems. One of my really good friends is a diplomat from South Africa. That nation is not without problems, but it it would have been torn to shreds if that had not happened, if that Truth and Reconciliation Committee had not been there for people to admit what they'd done wrong on every side and to be forgiven for it. And I would love to see something like that in our country. I, I worried terribly about our country now because all it is is I'm a victim and you're a hater and you know rather than I'm I'm flawed and I've done this wrong I mean 
it's just such an old, old, old trope. When you point the finger at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. I mean, <laughs> I heard that one when I was in kindergarten, but I mean, that's true. Right. Okay. So, so then not to drag you into something here, but you know, this overlay is forgiveness reparations. I mean, you know, there, there is talk about that and I wonder how that works. I'm not opposed to it, but again, a very complex issue. Um, is it just sort of a blanket immunity that, you know, what has passed is passed and we'll cover this with in one way or another. Hmm. Well, let me jump in. Um, there's forgiveness. Reconciliation doesn't happen unless there's forgiveness and repentance. And so what most, what many people are saying is you don't repent unless you're willing to make some kind of reparation. So uh, if I'm repenting for having wronged you, I'll try to do whatever I can to make some repairs. Okay. Um, and and by the way, you're your car, absolutely I'll right. I'll to get it fixed. Well, you're absolutely right, though. When it comes to... What America did to African Americans, the the difficulty now is I don't think in the in the principle, the idea of reparations, uh, which people talked about right after the Civil War. I don't know if you knew the idea that was every slave was supposed to get forty acres and a mule, and that never happened. But uh, but the fact is now a couple hundred years later, how does that work out when people you know some you know America is now filled with all sorts of layers of people who are not African American but they're not white or they got here recently, or they're Asian-American or they're Latino. So now I, I'm not a politician. I don't know how that works. And I, I see it as a problem now to do it in a just way. But I'm not against it in principle. The idea of reparations is always part of repentance. Mm. Tim Keller and Kathy Keller are with us. A monthly slot on our show. We're catching up with the Kellers and talking about forgiveness. Um, let me read a portion of your article, uh, Tim. This is an article that uh, you wrote in Comet Magazine called The Fading of Forgiveness. Um, this talks about the therapeutic culture that we live in here, which I think is probably something um, that is important for us to talk about. Um, it says here, uh, most of us have been formed by a culture that nourishes revenge and mocks grace. In such a therapeutic culture, forgiveness is seen as self-hating and revenge and anger will be seen as more authentic as long as you do not let the anger, of course, become too unpleasant for your inner psychological well-being. Comment on that, Tim? Yeah, uh, what, what you have in, in our culture now is either of you that forgiveness is not authentic. That the, If you've been wrong, the best thing for you to do is just to go after the other person and experience your anger because that makes you an authentic person and not a doormat. Or if you feel like, all right, I do want to feel better, then you forgive mm. only out of a desire to, to feel better. It's all for you. So forgiveness is, is completely for you. Uh, the Christian understanding of forgiveness is that there's, first of all, there's a vertical uh, relationship with God saying that we all live by forgiveness. If God didn't forgive us, we'd all be gone. We, we wouldn't be here. And then secondly, the reason to, to forgive is not just because it makes us feel better, though it does in the end, but because God has forgiven us. So mm-hmm. that Christianity gives you a resource of forgiveness and a motivation, yeah. Yeah, Kathy, you want to comment? No, I was just jumping in with the reference, Tim. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's good. It's, good to, have an, it's the, good to have an annotator where, here. Yeah, well, where the... You can hear the thunderstorm in the background. Um, God saying, "Yes, you're right." Um, <laughs> where the uh, king forgives the servant, you know, zillions of dollars, and then he goes and he shakes down his fellow servant for a small sum, mm-hmm. and right. how wrong that is, and how how 
uh, infinitesimal are anything that anyone ever does to me. If I'm furious at them, and then I turn around and say, how have I treated God? I've ignored him. I've disobeyed him. I failed to love him. My sins of omission alone. Now, let's not even talk about the sins of commission. I haven't robbed any banks or, or you know, anything like that. But it's just the things I have failed to do are mountainous, um, you know, it's traitorous. It's treason against the king of the universe. And yet I have been forgiven. There's no condemnation for me because I'm in Christ. How can I be mad at somebody else? who has just, you know, scratched my car or insulted me or or done something. Because look at what I've done to God, and he has forgiven me. It, it totally drains that anger out of me. Now, that doesn't mean that you make it easy for someone to continue sinning against you. That has to be said. It's never a good thing to let people continue to sin. You stop by them by all means. I love you, honey, but you've beaten me up for the last time. I've called the police. They're coming. You're going to go to jail. And it's because I love you. Mm. Uh, you know, you don't just say, oh, I forgive you, honey. Hit me again. That's that's completely the wrong idea of what forgiveness is. But it's it takes a lot of strength. And if our society, I think, what Tim was saying about the, the vertical and the horizontal, in the vertical dimension, you know, between people, the unraveling we see in society is in large part because no one cares for others the way they care for themselves. For themselves. You're supposed yeah. to care for other people the same way you care for yourself. And everything from just wearing a mask to protect somebody else or getting a vaccination to protect somebody else. Um, though it might inconvenience you, it might even hurt you, for God forbid. But, you know, the fact that we are not willing to disadvantage ourselves mm. for the advantage of other people, that's what this country was built on. And yet it seems to be really, you know, it's disappeared. Yeah, it's either out of fashion or slipping away. Right. Right. Tim and Kathy Keller are with us. Uh, Tim and Kathy, we need to take a break. We're going to come back in just a couple minutes. We'll continue with the colors. We'll talk about what it means to come home again. In the right hand. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family, and I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan, and unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA, United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Start corporate animalist number 1335. Rack Animalist number 62233. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. I'm a little biased, but I think we five minor kids got the best dad around. Let's celebrate those special men in our lives 
with a Springhouse Father's Day steak fry and chicken barbecue. My brother Sam and his boys will crank up the barbecue pit outside and grill the chicken quarters and the New York strip steaks with our special Father's Day marinade. Come hungry for all the fixins to go with your steak or chicken hot off the pit. Top off the meal with a brownie or blondie, something to suit every dad's taste, or any of our other sweet creations. Of course, every dad is treated to a Springhouse ice cream cone, and we'll have live music all day, too. Visit the calves out in the play area and plan to have a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever has been extended for a limited time. Shop and save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepies. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Chloe, put your helmet on. Okay, Dad. You work hard to protect your family, but some risks are easy to miss. Mosquito bites can spread germs that cause West Nile virus or Zika virus. Cockroaches leave behind bacteria as well as allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Stinging insects send more than half a million people to the emergency room every year. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be warm and humid with widely separated thunderstorms below 68. Cloudy and humid tomorrow with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 80. Thursday, cloudy and humid with a shower in spots in the morning. That'll be followed by a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. are talking forgiveness with Kathy and Tim Keller. All right, you guys, I just want to bring up another little bit of Tim's article from Comment Magazine just as we close things out today. There's so much that we could get into so here, but um, you're talking about Bradley Campbell and Jason Manning's critique on the new Honor Society, Tim, and you write, um, the cancel culture ends up valuing fragility over strength, creating a society of constant good versus evil conflict over the smallest issues as people compete for status as victims or defenders of the victims. Now, of course, this is one portion of your article. I don't want to highlight that and allow people to think that you don't think that there are actual offenses that happen and actual things that need to be repented for, because certainly that is the large portion of the article. But what about this idea that we are actually encouraging one another to be more fragile instead of stronger? Yes, I, I, obviously, I think that's a problem. I mean, actually, remember, the, the Christian idea of idolatry is that there, there are good things that are turned into ultimate things. Mm, and when yeah. a good thing is turned into an ultimate thing, it becomes an idol and it's, it distorts our lives. So it's one thing to want very much to work and have a successful career. It's another thing to make that you know the main thing in your life, and then it becomes an idol. It's one thing to... Uh, to in a sense, be you know to speak out when you've been victimized and to seek justice. It's another thing when that actually becomes the defining identity instead of Christ or some that becomes your definition. I am a victim. I am this is who I am, and this is what makes me noble and special. Mm. And see, when something good, which is speaking out against uh, you know harassment or abuse, when something good ends up becoming your very identity. 
then it distorts your life. And it's distorting, I think, our entire culture in that way. So, Kath, just take a second, if you would, and, and could you talk about you and Tim and your prayer life? I mean, I would imagine that the two of you pray together, and in the midst of that, there is forgiveness. Is that fair to say? We can't I think we lost Kath. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Can oh, you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, now we can hear you. Sorry about that. Um, yes, we certainly do spend a lot more time in prayer than we used to. A lot of it is petitionary prayer for other people who are suffering in uh, unimaginable ways. But, um, yes, repenting to one another. Tim was just saying the other day, boy, did we waste a lot of years in our marriage in not being supportive to one another the way we should have been, uh, you know, we had the way we have been in this last year. And um, that's something that I repent of quite frequently, not only to Tim, but to God, is a, the waste that I have made of years that God gave me and um, the regret that I have. And that's probably my biggest area of repentance mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, I get that. I, I think that's yep. pretty common, right? I, I mean, get that too. there's a lot of regret in all of our lives. So that's a, it's a good bellwether to, to I mean, if, if you two are, are walking through that, well, then, you know, we feel a little better about our regret. Although, <laughs> Right. Yeah. We'll join you happily in the yes, regret circle. You. Yeah. All right, you guys. Always so good to get in touch. Thank Tim, you. Uh, we're going to continue to pray for you in your battle. And Kath, we're going to continue to pray for you yeah. um, in your battle because I know it's different being the support person and then being the person who's sick. Um, but we love you guys. We thank you so much for yeah, being with us. Thanks for hanging in there the with us, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's our great pleasure. Love you. Kathy and Tim Keller. Yeah, uh, do We didn't do any Pittsburgh stuff with Kath today. No, we didn't. We didn't call. I bet she'd be happy if I called her a Yenzer before we end the segment. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder uh, if they eat pierogies often. Be good my question. guess is no. No, no. I want it to be yes. All right. N- next time we talk, hopefully we'll okay, talk Okay, we're talking soon. pierogies with the Kellers All next right. time. Let us take a quick break. When we come back, dwell on these things, a challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. That's on the ride home here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are Word FM. WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Why doing it right, roofing, siding, and remodeling? As an Owens Corning Roofing Platinum Preferred Contractor, it's simple. It's in their name. They're doing it right, and it's what you'd expect as a homeowner and what they intend to deliver. Call 724-NEW-ROOF. With the world opening back up a bit, I think it's normal to be excited about getting back to trips to the movies, ballet recitals, July 4th parties, everything we missed. But as our team was talking about getting back to those kind of things, it kind of hit us that this is also a big opportunity for maybe some more meaningful things like taking a meal to that sweet older couple from church or volunteering again, or maybe just taking grandma to brunch or encouraging the neighbor kid with a fist bump. I think that many of us found that while this time was extremely difficult, the downtime also gave us some really good perspective. I just don't want to forget that perspective. Our team is challenging ourselves to not just go back to the movies, but to also remember it's an opportunity to try to love others 
like he loved us. And to remember that being slow and enjoying the little moments is kind of cool. Maybe you'll join with us. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Congratulations. You did it. You worked hard and saved for retirement. But now you'll have questions. Will my taxes increase? How will I cover my expenses? Will my income last? Will I have anything left to leave to my loved ones? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. I know that you need a strategy to help make sure your hard-earned money goes the distance in retirement. That's why I'm offering you a free guide designed to help you know if your nest egg can withstand the challenges of a 21st century retirement. Longer lives, increasing health care costs, and taxes are just a few of the risks to your income. Get this free guide from me, Ethan Lane, and our team at Accurate Solutions Solutions Group by calling 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. Take the first step to help your money last in retirement. 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Self-talk. Self-talk. How do we talk to ourselves? Not well. Most of us, I'm sure, are abysmal in how we choose to talk to ourselves, right? Anger, resentment, ugliness, a lot of fear. Judgment. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. heaps of judgment, right? Shaming. Lots of shaming. Yeah, of course. Darkness. Right? All right. So what if we talked to ourselves like God would talk to us? Well, John Stang is with us. Uh, John is the lead pastor of Core Creek Community Church in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. His brand new work is called Dwell on These Things a 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. Hey, John, uh, thanks for joining us on, on air today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. So are you familiar with this self-talk problem, John? <laughs> I am because yeah. I think I have it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So self-talk, of course, is something that everybody does. If, if, if it's a term that people aren't familiar with, it's just those are the kind of ideas that run around in your head that make you feel mm-hmm. like you're dumb, you're fat, you're useless, you're un, not talented. You hate yourself. Unspiritual undeserving, you know, all those sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. All sorts of accusatory things, right. for sure. Yeah, you, your self-talk is never like, boy, aren't I awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for some people Maybe it is. Maybe some people it is. God bless know. them. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, I think I follow a couple of those people on Twitter. Anyway, um, so how did you get into this, John? How did you decide that this was something that, I don't know, had to be conquered or reformed in some way? It, there's a combination of, of uh, two things. One was just what I was noticing in my own life. But also in my role of leadership as a pastor, in interacting with people through teaching and preaching and counseling, you start to notice a pattern of the different things that people are saying to themselves and discovering that it really doesn't line up with what God actually says about us in Scripture. Mm. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do just for my own spiritual growth is make a better practice of preaching the gospel to my own heart and trying to make that reflect in the messages that I'm preaching, but then also the counseling that I'm doing as a pastor. And then several years ago, I got the idea that it would be a good idea to put some of these principles down 
into a book, and that's where Dwell on These Things came from. I see. Good. Okay, so, John, uh, obviously, you know, the first uh, part of looking at a problem is knowing that you have a problem. Now, you've mm-hmm. said, you know, I, I've, I've got a problem here. So knowing that you have a problem and then slowly with a teaspoon digging out the mountain of that self-talk, what's that first step look like? I know for me, I, so behavior follows belief. And so when I was noticing in my life a variety of, of things that I, I thought was kind of like some unnecessary discouragement and accusatory language that was just kind of going on in my mind, uh, I, I wanted to identify that and kind of call it out loud and admit to myself that I was wrestling with that and then kind of reframe some of these things to say, okay, where is this coming from? Is this coming from adopting a worldly mindset? Is this something that where I'm basically doing the devil's job for him? Scripture refers to him as, as the accuser of the brethren. So am I basically saying, you know what, take the week off. I'll, I'll make myself feel terrible this week. And, uh, it, and I, I thought to myself, all right, th- those are unhealthy sources of, of information. And, and I really wanted to just meditate on and absorb the truth of the gospel. You know, when I'm putting together messages, when I'm putting together sermons, I'm trying to think of ways that I can encourage our congregation to understand who Jesus is and the difference that he makes in our lives. And it's just ironic that we can say that from a pulpit, but then fail to say that same thing to ourselves when we're driving alone in the car or when we're getting ready in the morning and looking at ourselves in the mirror. And I wanted to put together something that made that process more obvious and something easier. And uh, and so that's kind of where I started digging that out. Mm -hmm. All right. So, John, you don't know anything about negative self-talk, do you? (laughs) Uh huh. Yeah. So I, I, he's laughing because, of course, he does, because we all do. OK, so what about the, the 31 day challenge? What does that mean? Um, do you have to do something different every day? Is it the, is it like reading every day or do you have to like practice something? I, I think a lot of times when we're really wrestling with something, we, we struggle to, to understand where to start or the, the sure. problem seems so big that, that we think, OK, this is insurmountable. And I'm a practical person, and so I like to put things together if I'm writing something or if I'm putting something together. I don't want it to just be information that we could theorize about. I wanted it to be something that we could do something with. So if somebody read this book, I wanted them to be able to to do something with the information. And I find that if you kind of if you carve up things into smaller segments and take things a bit at a time and then just just work on it a little bit each day over the course Mm. of a time, something actually gets done. It's when we look at the big problem and think, okay, I, I, I need to get this all done today, that sometimes we feel so overwhelmed with it that we don't even bother to do anything. And so the idea was to write something that would be helpful but would also be a practical tool that could, over the course of a month, help us to chip away at some of the negative self-talk that we've adopted into our lives that really doesn't line up with what God actually says to us in Scripture. That's good. Okay, so, John, of course, I mean, therapists all over the world are, are sitting down right now with patients trying to, you know, dig themselves out of this self-talk. And, and some people are in therapy, you know, for months or years and years or decades. So 31 days seems to be a short order. So talk about your own experience. I mean, you know, as the author of this and as the practitioner of this work, have you noticed a change in yourself? Yeah, a- absolutely. And and basically, the, the the book is is kind of walking people through the lessons that I've had to learn. Sometimes the hard way of what it actually looks like to preach this message to my heart. 
the the book is based off of Philippians chapter four verse eight, and in that portion of scripture, it encourages us to to spend our time thinking about things that that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable things. And I know for me, I, I had to identify the source of my negative self-talk and even admit to myself that I was, first of all, preaching a message to my heart that was not lining up with what I was preaching from a pulpit. And that was hard to admit. But when I admitted that, it was kind of like a floodgate of permission was was given to me to basically address what I was, I think at one point, not really willing to admit to myself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to admit sometimes that there's an between what you're saying publicly and what you're preaching to yourself privately. And so that was the big hump that I needed to get over. And then I wanted to look and see, all right, what does Scripture actually say? What are things that Scripture tells me are eternally true of me in Christ? What are things that Scripture tells me to, to, to use my mental energy to be focused on? And Philippians 4 eight obviously gives us some broad categories. Another Scripture that I find extremely helpful is Ephesians chapter 1 which tells us a a whole list of things that are eternally true of us in Christ. And those labels are so different from what this world tends to preach to us. And if we can adopt that as our mindset, if we can start to see ourselves from God's eyes, it really does make a difference in how we approach each day. I also think it makes a difference in how we approach relationships, because the type of things we're preaching to ourselves start to impact the way we speak to our spouse, the way we speak to our kids, the way we speak to our coworkers. It creeps out into other areas of life as well. And if we're overly critical in unhealthy ways, we're we're going to end up treating others, I think, in that same way. And that could be a dangerous road to go down. Dwell on these things. A 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you. John, you pronounce your last name Stange? It's pronounced Stange, but I, I let people pronounce it however they want to pronounce it because you spent your whole life trying to been... avoid that comment, that question, I'm sure. But I'm just so grateful that my parents blessed me with an easy first name. You know, <laughs> I, I at least ha- at least half my name's easy. <laughs> it could have been a lot worse, John. It sure could have been. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, look, that's look, true. <laughs> yeah, look, this is a this is a really practical thing. It's very interesting. It's a really practical thing that can help a ton of people, including me and probably, yes, John? I'm raising you. my hand myself, John. Yes, thank you. No, it's okay. really good work. <laughs> yeah, it's terrific. Well, okay. thank you guys. Yeah, I thanks, really appreciate th- that. thanks for being here. Dwell on these things. A 31-day challenge to talk to yourself like God talks to you, John Stanga. Very nice. All right, we'll take a quick break. Listen, with the reopening of the, the country, in New York City, uh, the authorities there are saying, let's throw ourselves a giant party, and uh, it's going to happen sometime soon. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, spotlights Craig Pollard this Saturday to discuss bivocational ministry. Learn how local ministries like The Family Wins exists under the leadership of businessmen and women like Craig. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for this and an informative show for seniors and their families about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages have become very popular. Understand their benefits, costs, and concerns. Sponsored by Federated Mortgage. Home is where the heart is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier 
premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry. Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. There was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID 1282321, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. All right, New York City, New York. Brunch crowds are back, apparently. Rush hour traffic is back. Tourists in horse-drawn carriages are back. Really? Yes. Oh, that's fun. But the best proof that New York City has returned to its full glory may be a mega concert in the green expanse of Sheep's Meadow. Seeking a grand symbol of New York's revitalization after the brutal pandemic year, authorities are planning a large-scale performance by multiple acts, and they've called on Clive Davis, who is the 89-year-old producer and music industry eminence, to pull it all together. The show is tentatively scheduled for August 21st, still coming together with no artist confirms, though Clive Davis has said he will book eight iconic performers for a minimum three-hour show. And, some, and it'll be free? It'll be I'm free. How could they charge? In the it. park. Now, look, I mean, here's the weird thing about Sheep's Meadow. Um, it has fluctuated. They're saying it could hold 60,000 people. Now, I remember way back, uh, this was like in the 80s, it was the Simon and Garfunkel reunion. Mm, sure. There were 400,000 people in that space. Oh 400,000. That's sickening. Yeah. Um, so it's supposed to be, of course, broadcast to a worldwide TV audience as well. Can you imagine? No. Who are the eight? No. Uh, okay, so the eight are 
the eight are. Um, we're uh, let's see. We're gonna have um, Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. We're gonna have Jay Z. Uh huh. We're gonna have. I'm saying Spring. You gotta have a Springsteen. You probably he's on Broadway. To, you probably need Dev Springsteen. Um, but yeah, tons of people have been on Broadway. I mean, you know, not like Springsteen. We're not. Yeah, we're, are we gonna have like? Um, Wait, are you gonna make them New Yorkers? Because look, look at okay. Dare I say Madonna? Oh, I mean. Get out That's of here. That's Madonna. I mean, she's get a she's a New here. Yorker. Oh, who cares? I agree. Believe me. Okay, I get that. But they're going to try to, you know, push New York City. Okay. Right? How about Yoko Ono? She's a oh, New Yorker. Oh, yeah. We're going to have she's Yoko perform. Yorker. Get out of here. Right? Come on. Okay. So let's get back to reality here. <laughs> okay. Some primal screams. Yeah. And she okay. We up. need to have Earth, Wind, and Fire there. That'd be a blast. No, but you know what? What? No, you can't because Earth, Wind, and Fire. Are they Earth, Wind, and Fire anymore? Yes, I just. Well, I, I mean, I saw them two but years like ago, and they were Earth, old. Wind, and Fire. They're not eighty years old. No, they're not. No, Philip Bailey's like sixty. What? Yeah. All right. They Eight. were awesome. Listen, I'm telling you, I saw them two years ago. I really? thought this is going to be like the geriatric tour, and it was epic. Uh, really, it was epic. It was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Okay. That is how great it was. So I say Earth, Wind, and Fire. I say, uh, let's see, we said, well, we, we, we said Paul McCartney, Jay-Z, Bruce Earth, Wind, and Fire, Bruce Springsteen. Um, Alicia Keys. That would be good. Uh, or, um, I mean, like, who's who's at the top of their prime right now selling? Um, Ariana Grande? I don't know. I mean, she's certainly at the top. You tell me. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, Janice is not available. Thank you for trying. We just did a segment on self-talk. That <laughs> yeah. that is not. I learned the truth at seventeen. That is the worst. That is, I hate that song. Uh, okay, so what? I mean, how big are we going to have people like like who's going to host it? Like, is Jimmy Fallon going to host it? I don't know. Is James Corden going to host it, or is he too British well, you know, and it has got, to be an American? It has to be American. Okay, you got Clive Davis. I mean, okay. you know, this is he's Diana Ross again. Age. Age is a problem. She, she was at the Grammys, and she looked resplendent. But if you're out there in front of X number of thousands of people, and you're one it of It has to eight, be a good show. It's got to be a great show, and you've got to have the stamina to stand up there for 40 minutes at least and do your set. Right. So what, Aerosmith? Yeah. Um, uh, the Foo Fighters. No, they're not big enough. No, not you, uh, and it, you need We big. need to have, like, iconic. Uh who would those eight iconic performers be? I guess that's the that's the. All right, I guess I should put that question up on Facebook. Now, wait a second, don't put it on Facebook because you didn't put up yesterday. I know, Facebook. I forgot, you guys. Okay. There was a lot going on yesterday. Wait, Today, we were talking yesterday. Today's our second day back in the studio after after a a sojourn at home for fourteen months, and I, it was a little frenetic. It's still a little frenetic. Right. So yesterday we were talking about uh, we were talking thrift about shops thrift shops that and, you don't know, right? And, and I and said that I was. People have reached out and said, "Hey, where are those things?" People have reached out to to shame me. No, no, no. They, not I'm shame. kidding. They're, They're not shaming. I'm, but I, because you know, I'll he, get there. the problem is actually is mine. Because I say, "Hey, we should do that." Yeah, and then, and then guess who's supposed to, to do it? Hey, we should do that. Right. It's like such a you know, right? Really, it's like is such a guy thing? Right. Exactly. We should do that. <laughs> we should do that. How about you handle all the details? I mean, we, which really is you. <laughs> so we right. should do that, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll get right on it. Right, um, that's a really good question, though. I feel like I need more um, time to think about the iconic right, people okay. up that would be included in that. Wouldn't it be cool to be Quincy in the Jones. room? That'd be very cool. Again, now look, you you, know, icon, you can't no, no. be an icon and be 20, okay? You have well, to have age. Clive Davis is almost 90. Yes, he is, yeah. I don't know. But in this day and age, what is going to draw a worldwide TV audience? 
That's right. Well, Paul McCartney. So if you're in that room. For sure. And you're one of those people who go on, okay, give us the eight iconics. John Bon Jovi. Yeah, no. Okay, it was just. Be a great conversation, though, wouldn't it? I mean, people throwing names at the wall and then trying to make it. And wouldn't it be great to be one of those eight? Pandemic with a cherry on top is what that is. Okay, we'll take a quick uh, break. Five o'clock hour. When we I come back. I want Rival Sons to be there, but. That's People don't know who they are, so I don't think that Shorty. I can say that they're... <gasps> Wouldn't that be fun yeah. if Trombone Shorty showed up? Cutter Calloway is going to join us in a few minutes. We're going to speak about an iconic uh, performer. Aretha Franklin in 5 o'clock hour. Aretha Franklin. We're going to talk about her in the new Hulu series on Genius and her church involved in the midst of all that. Stick around. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The number of available jobs is up, way up. Here's correspondent Rita Foley. The economy is reopening at breakneck speed as we recover from the pandemic lockdown. There were a record 9.3 million jobs available in April. That's up an eye-popping 12% from March. But employers hired just over 6 million people. The message there? Jobs are opening faster than companies can fill them. The biggest increase in job openings? Hotels and restaurants. And listen to this. The number of Americans who quit their jobs in April rose 11%, the highest figure in records going back 20 years. I'm Rita Foley. The heat wave gripping the northeastern part of the U.S., the mid-Atlantic region, will be subsiding for some time, according to the National Weather Service. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average right now is up by nine points. This is SRN News. I'm Pastor Tom Hall. Did you know that First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, is the oldest anything in Pittsburgh? Older than any newspaper, school, or business. Join us Sundays in person at 1045 a.m. Hear the timeless good news of Jesus Christ. We'll be social distancing and keeping everyone safe, so let us know you're coming at fpcp.org. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, 
That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. Very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE, 844-45-BIBLE. Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be warm and humid with widely separated thunderstorms, the low 68. Cloudy and humid tomorrow with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 80. Thursday, cloudy and humid with a shower in spots in the morning. That'll be followed by a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Isn't it fun to uh, go visit the zoo? And uh, I've been to the zoo in a long, long time. But, you know, one of the highlights of the zoo visit is to go see the elephants, right? Yeah. And then you kind of go, I oh, feel so bad for the elephants. They're kind of stuck in that little, right? Well, listen to this. Uh, social media stars in China. The newest social media stars are a herd of 15 wild elephants who are on a long, strange trip out of the jungles of southwestern China. Really? They have transfixed millions of people across the country as this wild herd of 15 has been traveling left to their own devices. They escaped from a wildlife reserve. And um, millions of people have tuned in to watch the elephants go on a, as of yet, 300-mile journey on television and the Internet and live stream. Things are being tracked very closely along the way. These elephants are being left alone for the most part, although Chinese authorities are trying to steer them away from major metropolitan areas. But the elephants have broken into villagers' homes. They've eaten their food. They've drank their water. They've destroyed their crop. All told, the elephants have caused more than 400 separate incidences of damage. Really? To some $2 million. And there's photos of these elephants walking down city streets in the middle of the night or sleeping in the countryside, all 15 of them lying down all snug and happy. And I'm telling you, it is the social media sensation now in China. That is super cool. Okay, does the article say what they're eating? They're eating everything that's in their path. And people are leaving treats out for them. Elephant treats. Yes. And now you get Chewy.com? The elephants have eaten so much, they have become larger than, you know. They put on the COVID-15. They have put on the The elephants did. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't attract much attention at first, but they left their nature. They left that reserve in March, 
And mass. Yep. The herd of 15, six female, three male adults, three juvenile elephants, and three babies started off as 16, but two left in April this year when one gave birth to a baby in December. And uh, I mean, I just love it. It's so cool. China's a gigantic country. They could wander for a really they long time. A long, long time. And you know, until you see, what's interesting is, you know, having just come back from Yellowstone, People love to see animals as sophisticated, you know, supposedly and digital as we, as we are. Right. As we think we are. People want mm-hmm. the, the old analog. Right. Because there's nothing like seeing something wild, untamed and beautiful with your own eyes, right. not on a screen. Right. There was a video that came out. I've talked about it on the air several times because it was it was like uh, had such an impact on me. Um, it was taken in Montreal. And it was a video of the inside of a beautiful cathedral. And the camera shot is just of how the cathedral is so beautiful. It's a pretty tight shot of the altar section of the cathedral. And it's beautifully carved. And there are, you know, um, there are some, you know, gold items on the altar and they have gems in them. And then the the artwork in the um, stonework is so intricate and the coloring is so lovely. Everything. Mm. It's just it's so beautiful. And all of a sudden, a stag walks in. What? Like a stag ha- walks into the church. Into the frame. Into the frame. Oh, I've se- you're right. Now you're right. I've okay, seen right, this. Right, right, right. It's shocking. It is shocking. The incongruity of and, it And, you know, he has a, he, his antlers are gigantic. And he walks in. Of course, he's not supposed to be there. So he's just kind of like looking around. But the moment that you see him, the church Disappears. Pale, pales in comparison. Right. I mean, you think about the the beauty of God breathing life into something. Mm-hmm. It makes it into an otherworldly thing. Yeah. I mean, that is such an an unbelievable transition from death to life. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it, it's like looking at a static picture and then seeing something moving. I mean, it was, you know, our most beautiful things that we've created as human beings, which are magnificent and shocking and amazing, but it's nothing compared to an animal. I'm into that. I mean, W.C. Fields famously refused to appear on camera later in his career with babies and animals because they stole focus. Little did he know they still focus when he was thirty too. Didn't matter. <laughs> but that says right that says it all right there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, do yourself a favor. You know, at some point this evening, look online for the wild animals or the wild elephants of China and you'll just be amazed at this story. It's just really really it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a quick break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about Aretha Franklin, the broken and beautiful church behind Aretha Franklin's National Geographic biopic. It's appearing now on Hulu, and uh, they're calling it the, the Genius Series. They've uh, chronicled Picasso and Einstein, and Aretha Franklin is number three in the Genius Series, and it's beautiful. It's a really wonderful series. We'll talk about that with our guest, Cutter Calloway, in a few minutes. God. 
It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. On the upcoming Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien, you'll be surrounded by the fellowship of like-minded travelers along with Bible teaching and worship. This travel experience is hosted by Salem Media Group and our partners Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Bring home life-changing memories to treasure and stories to share. Join us for this unforgettable Alaska cruise this summer by calling 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollars savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. National Geographic is producing a, a genius series, Einstein, Picasso, and recently they've been focusing the series on Aretha Franklin. It's a really wonderful series, and uh, here to talk to us about that is Cutter Calloway. Cutter Calloway is Associate Professor of Theology and Culture at Fuller Theological Seminary, co-director of Real Spirituality. His most recent book is called The Aesthetic of Atheism, Theology and Imagination in Contemporary Culture. Cutter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Cutter. So this is part of a series that Nat Geo's doing? Uh, that's correct, yeah. It's uh, an ongoing series uh, that each each time it's its own sort of standalone series that features a different historical character. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, it's it's Aretha as a follow-up to yeah. a couple other uh, different kinds of geniuses. 
Yeah. And and so what kind of sets this one apart, according to your article in CT, is that it's not just about her, but about her larger church community? Yeah. Um, what was surprising to me, and, you know, I've always appreciated and enjoyed her music, but um, didn't know a ton about her, her life and, and background. And um, at least the way that this series is framed, it what comes out really resoundingly is how critical and central the church was um, to her life and and um, her success, really, in, in every stretch or every uh, meaning of the term, both mm-hmm. musically and then as a, a mom, a daughter, a, a, and a sister. Yeah, and Cutter, I mean, I, I've seen this series as well, and I love the piece that you wrote on CT, The Broken and Beautiful Church Behind Aretha Franklin. And early on in the article, you, you, you mentioned one of the first scenes where Aretha is going into a studio, and she walks in to record, and there's a bunch of musicians who are a bunch of, you know, kind of like, you know, white guys who she doesn't know at all. And there's this discussion about, you know, uh, give me some sound. And they go back and forth, and she tries to describe something. They pick up the thread. But in the midst of that description, it really is the sound of the black church that she's trying to sort of impart upon these studio musicians. Yeah. um, And, uh, you know, it's a a great scene and a great setup. And it's it is a a combination, right? I mean, it, it's almost like um, you know the best fusion food that you get, where you bring mm-hmm. two things that don't normally go together, um, and the, the creative geniuses in our midst are able to put those things together, and, and what comes out is this entirely new kind of experience. In this case, a sound um, that that no one had really anticipated before, and and that I think um, was her musical genius, but also um, again was was rooted deeply in. Um, the gospel music that she was trained in and sang in in her local church as the daughter of a pastor. And again, I might be a little bit as being the son of a pastor and then also a pastor who has kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be part of part of why I was drawn to it uh, in that way as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's hard not to be drawn to Aretha. I mean, if yeah. you've, I mean, everything from, you know, respect to, you know, her filling in for Pavarotti at the Grammys at the last minute. I mean, the woman was like staggering in her ability to cross genres. Um, but talk about what the community, you know, it, it's like a good and bad story when it comes to community. Yeah. I guess it always yeah. is, right? Is it, it you know, the, yeah. hard, the hard things are the good things and the good things are the hard things. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I've gone round and round. I, you know, I teach at the seminary now. I, most of my past, my uh, professional life was in pastoral ministry, and I keep coming back to, you know, why why do we get together with this ragtag group of people <laughs> every week, every other, mm-hmm. you know, in the middle of the week, three times, and um, sometimes it it is really frustrating. And and I know right now, you know, in at least U.S. society. There's a lot of question about is it worth it, right? Is it worth it to put up with this with this little family of ours that's so dysfunctional? And I I keep coming back to the answer being yes. Um, not because we're perfect, and not because Aretha's church was perfect or her community was, or that even she was. I mean, uh, you know, a, a failed and flawed human being like the rest of us. But it it is definitely the case in her life through this story, and then in my own life, I know that. It is that community of faith um, that allows me to maintain my own faith uh, in times when maybe it's flagging, but then also just the practical stuff of raising kids and and having, um, you know, friends and meaningful relationships. And um, then on top of it, you know, encountering God and, and having God transform our lives, all of those 
don't happen uh, in my life, at least, without this messy mix of people that God has put into my life. That's really good. Yeah, and and you talk about this in your in your piece, Kyler. One of the things that I really love about the piece, uh, about the series, is that they are careful to to show the church. Uh, in its good side, and of course, you know its mm-hmm. messy side as well. And I, I do believe maybe maybe a, a, a lesser artist, a, le- a lesser artist, they wouldn't have been as careful. Um, there's something that's so deeply wound up, you know, between Aretha and the church that you have to pay the church re- the respect that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you shortchange the artist. And I think you know we live in these weird times where, of course, always the church is an easy target. But the producer, the producers went out of their way, the writers as well to show the church in its complexity, but also its beauty. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that's, um, you know, as with so much of media uh, these days, whether it's social media or not, um, you know, the things that get likes and clicks and impressions generally are more polarized, generally are um, are going to prompt kind of reactions that are that are reactive. And the best thing to get those is to do something that's not nuanced or complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, uh, nuance and complexity is reality, and um, and that's what you see here. That they're they I think I think did a really good job of, of portraying it honestly, uh, of not caricaturing anything. And what you come out of, I think, is a a church that for anyone who has, is a part of a church or was raised in it uh, is recognizable, um, which is very unique <laughs> for you know uh, most major uh, studio productions uh, engaging in some court, uh, some kind of material like this. Yeah. Um, Cutter Calloway is with us, Associate Professor of Theology and Culture at Fuller Theological Seminary. Um, we're talking about um, the new uh, Nat Geo. Uh, it's a series. Which, what's the series called? Um, it's actually just called Aretha. Oh, it's called Aretha. Um, okay. And, and, yeah, I thought maybe the series had a larger Aretha. name in these yeah. different episodes. Well, okay. Well, they, they no, they, they each series is you know somewhere around six to eight episodes a piece. Um, and each one uh, tackles a, a different person's life. And so okay. the bigger uh, title is Genius, colon, in this case, it's Genius Aretha. Got it. Okay, well, let me ask you a question then um, about the, because I haven't seen the series, um, about the, like, the musical supports um, as far as, like, video that's in there, audio, that sort of thing, because, of course, that's what the heart of Aretha was. Um, and I, I, I'm always eager to look at the the uh, black church and their commitment to music, especially how people grow up learning how to play um, in church, at church, because of church. Um, and once they become adults or even when they get to high school, um, you know, I've observed this in, in my work in church music over the years is that there's just the the white culture in music and the black culture in music are very different. And, um, and so the kind of energy that we love, the kind of soul that we love in Aretha, um, comes from that place. And I want to know how much of that is represented in the show and what you personally got from that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's pretty clear. And that's what was, was somewhat surprising to me that they, um, pretty clearly rooted, um, that musical sensibility, um, in her church experience, that this was um, gospel music, a gospel singer, um, and she was actually uh, transforming, um, at the time, popular music in and through church music. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, uh, church music or, or, you know, when we, when I grew up on, on CCM side music, where we're, the church was trying to replicate um, a different version of popular music. It, it was the reverse. 
Um, and so, yeah, she she uh, took what um, she learned and uh, knew from her church background and really, uh, uh, you know, in, injected that into her um, popular music. And and it's what made it uh, amazing. I mean, I um, it's pretty fascinating, too. I, I just watched another documentary um, that won um, an award at Sundance. It's by Questlove, and it's called uh, Summer of Soul. And it's about a really unknown um, music festival, um, largely uh, populated by um, black musicians. And you have tons of gospel music singers uh, come out and perform, and they were, you know, huge hits. And it's interesting because, um, again, you have what is explicitly Christian church music that's being embraced um, by broader society, um, not not trying to be something different or trying to, like, cover up its its faith, its Christianity, but being genuinely itself and uh, coming at a time when society was <laughs> really interested in new sounds, and all of a sudden you get, um, you know, these these gospel-inflected um, songs in popular culture uh, and, and culture sh- being shaped by and responding to that. And I, I find that fascinating and amazing. Oh, that is fascinating. Yeah. So, Cutter, um, talk to us about the, the rest of your work. I mean, you know, you, we talked to you to, about the, the Aretha series, but uh, sure. your work uh, with real, real spirituality, uh, obviously you're, you're watching and, and engaging in a lot of different culture that has Jesus in the middle. Uh, how's that work for you? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, my uh, theological sensibilities are that Jesus is in the middle of everything. <laughs> um, and, and part of our task uh, as Christians uh, in the modern world is to, to find ways to, to point that out to people. Um, it's, you know, I, I think God is up to something before we get there and mm-hmm. um, is active in people's lives through all sorts of creative endeavors. And film and television is one of them. And so um, a big part of what I do um, at Fuller and then in my writing and research really is trying to say, how can we as Christians be um, better interpreters of culture? Mm-hmm. So that when we come to a show like Aretha, we go, okay, well, what, what's going on here in the show, um, in the music, um, in the story? And then what, what do we know about God that would lead us to say, you know what, God, God might be up to something here. Um, and this might be a good place to start a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. um, someone uh, within the church, but also somebody that may not have ever darkened the doors of the church, but who would have watched uh, the, the series on Nat Geo. Um, and so it's both a, a, a project, at least in my mind, where I want to become a, um, I want to give culture a hearing so that. Um, when I want to be heard, <laughs> I'm a person that can be right. And then Good vice you. versa. Uh, yeah. And then, and then vice versa to say, what are some of those missional bridges we can build, um, to, uh, our friends, family, neighbors, um, that may not be the sort of traditional route, um, but might be ways that, that God's, uh, placing our, um, our story in light of other people's stories so oh, that we can good. impact them. That's yeah. Really I mean, I, I, we need a, you know, a, a concierge in some way or a guide, <laughs> right? Because I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I do this every month, like, you know, the beginning of the month, I'll look online and go, what's streaming new on Hulu or prime or Netflix, you know? And, and so I kind of, you know, I have some basic understanding of what's out there, some history with things, but many of the titles I either, you know, sort of reject just on pre- principle or just kind of because I don't know them. So is real spirituality acting as a guide? Are you in, are you involved in that sort of process of this is worthwhile or not? Absolutely. Um, so you can check out um, realspirituality.com or actually we, we rebranded recently. That's, that's uh, uh, not a great timing, but Brim Film um, at, at Fuller Seminary. 
um, you can go check out. We have all sorts of resources where it's uh, articles, reviews, um, and it's anywhere from in-depth stuff to, um, you know, I created a, a series of discussion guides on Pixar films for families and youth ministries and whatnot. So um, all sorts of resources there. Uh, another fun one, if, if for those that don't have time, um, I, I started a, a thing called Should Christians Watch? Oh. <laughs> and it's a, a, short, a short web series featuring myself, um, a, a good a Fuller grad who is a, a Catholic nun, and a TV writer who's a colleague of mine, Dean Batali. Um, he's a Christian that works in the TV writing industry. Um, and the three of us do exactly that. We, we basically go that and, is an awesome and watch things that I've are never, I've never yeah. heard the three of you yeah. talk, but I love that yeah. setup. Yeah. So you can go and check out from three different perspectives, and we don't always agree. Um, but we, we kind of see it as our task to say, okay, we've, we've gone through the muck and mire, um, and what we've come out with is the question of um, what is it that, that a person that really only has limited time um, uh, can make a good choice uh, for them and their family. All right, Cutter. Okay, first off, it's been a real pleasure to meet you. Um, Richard Mao's been a friend of ours for years, and so he clearly still turning out really good stuff at Fuller, um, if you're any indication. But let me say this. Um, I want to know from you one thing since you're a cultural critic, something you watched over COVID or two things that you're really into. Oh, and don't feel, um, don't feel well, like we're going to hate you or judge you or like, be, oh, like, yeah, that doesn't sound very Christian. Like we're not going to do that. Are you watching Breaking Bad uh, well, <laughs> It's oh, his fourth man. time through um, Breaking Bad. Well, um, I uh, loved with my family, and it's actually the next season just came out, um, Lego Masters. Oh, um, oh okay. I don't know if you guys watched yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't. Reality TV competition, and they all build Legos. It's yeah. adult Lego building. It's it's wonderful. Um, so that's that's one. Um, Lego the other one, uh, I would say. Oh man, there's uh, so many. I've watched uh, a lot of them are movies. But, that's um, okay. You I can actually, you can say movies too. I, one well one one thing that I would not recommend. Uh, I do not recommend this show, but it is one that I got into, um, and that is a show called Fleabag. Um, oh, I know that. On, oh, yeah, John on, knows that on one. Amazon, and it's it is it is crass and it is rough. And again, I do not actually recommend it. Um, but it's it's one of these interesting things. This is, again, this is my sort of calling in life of figuring out: Do I go through the the, the rubbish for others to to see if it's worthwhile? No, you know, Cutter, um, you say something interesting here because yeah. the, you know what you your disclaimer there is something that Kath and I say all the time. That we'll watch stuff. <laughs> And it's interesting, and, you know, you wrestle with it as yourself as you're watching it, and you can't necessarily, you know... Recommend it. Right, for, you know, yeah, for, yeah, for our exactly. audience here. But at the same time, we derive something from it as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think just this is, the reason this show is interesting is because at the end, you get um, a writer and a, and a director, a, a showrunner, that does not care about God or the church and explicitly might even uh, be antithetical to it, might hate it. Um, and you get this character um, in the form of a Catholic priest that gives, I think, one of the most beautiful um, uh, endorsements of a life of Christian vocation and committing to that that I have seen in a while. Um, really? And it's partly because, yeah, yeah. Um, now, again, my, my colleague, Dean Batali, who <laughs> is on Should Christians Watch, completely disagrees with me. Hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, um, there was something about it. And, again, it might have been COVID. It might have been the context I was watching it. Um, but yeah, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Again, don't watch it. But end of season two, um, there's there's a <laughs> there's, it just it's a beautiful example of of what I wouldn't expect someone coming out and going. Here is a, a man who is committed to ministry, and that character um, endorses it fully. And I did not expect it, and thought it was great. So. Fabulous. 
All Isn't right. it great to be surprised, Cutter? Yeah, it sure it's is. one of my favorite things to watch something and think, you know Where'd what, this, this is from? broken, this is screwed up, and then all of a sudden the light comes out, and you—I just love that. Mm-hmm. I yep. love that moment. That's good. Yep. That's the uh, that's the Leonard Cohen quote, right? Yeah. That uh, the crack the cracks are where the light comes in. So. Cutter Calloway, uh, should Christians watch real spirituality? Uh, yeah, do yourself a favor and check them out. Cutter, thanks a lot. It's it's been a pleasure for us to have you with us. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. All right. Hey, we'll take a quick break. Uh, I love when we find out things you shouldn't watch. Well, it's, it's all around <laughs> I'll us. i one thing that I like you shouldn't watch is this. Does this make sense? It's our daily feature here at 530. What's up next? What are dads made for? asking myself the same question. Author Amanda Glass, creator of the Made For book series, helps kids and dads answer that question. That's what dads are made for. Is more than just a fun book with cute pictures. It's one that creates conversations that build meaningful connections. This Father's Day, help your kids connect with dad as they discover together... Oh, that's what dads are made for. For kids three and up, just $9.99 when you order now at themadeforbooks.com. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Hi, this is Robert Jermalowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorfitzburg.com. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com.
Tonight we'll see considerable cloudiness. It will be warm and humid with widely separated thunderstorms, the low 68. Cloudy and humid tomorrow with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Tomorrow will reach a high of 80. Thursday, cloudy and humid with a shower in spots in the morning. That'll be followed by a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Thursday will reach a high of 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. make sense does what make sense nice glassware now i know you're thinking i have you know four slimy kids the last thing i'm gonna let their little dirty mitts on is a nice you know thing and so i'm not buying it and that'd be a waste of money i get that but um like not all of your glassware has to be fine glassware but what about having one or two pieces of fine glassware. Does that make sense? It's a very complex issue in our house. Is it? It is. I didn't know it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, please, give us a window. Well, my wife has these sort of cherished glasses that are from the farm, from her mother's house. And I'm fine with that. You know, Basically, I want to steer clear of them because the last thing I want to do is break them. Right. But but my wife uses them like everyday glasses, and they are beautiful. So it's it's a pleasure to drink something that you enjoy out of a fine glass. It makes you feel better about things instead of like drinking it out of a peanut butter jar. At the same time, it makes me nervous to wash it, to put it in the dish rack or the dishwasher, God forbid, all those things. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with having something nice that whether it's a special use or even an everyday use, it bears responsibility that often I'm not willing to absorb. Mm-hmm. So is your answer yes, it makes sense, or no, fine glassware does not make sense? No, it makes sense. Okay, because of course that's the right answer. I mean, right. of course it makes sense. All right. I mean, I just... It's hard with the family heirloom thing because oh. it's the risk. The risk level it's is high. very high. The risk level is high. And then, of course, it, of course, it has broken. So, all right, does this make sense? In our house, this is a very sharp, definitive microwave popcorn. Does microwave popcorn make sense? I mean, uh, my son loves microwave popcorn, and I'm like, I've failed as a parent here. Yeah, where ha- where did you go wrong? John? I mean. If I've made popcorn uh-huh. one time, I've made popcorn, no exaggeration, 10,000 and, and, and is times. it super complicated to make actual popcorn the real way? The oil, the three kernels in your specific popcorn pot, within four minutes, you have the most delightful... Completely authentic. Everything. You can put whatever you want on it. Right. There's nothing that's like, what, this weird use concoction. Your, use your own oil. Yeah. You want olive. You want peanut you want you do it but there are times when i succumb to microwave popcorn no you shouldn't it happens occasionally so does it make sense to you no no it doesn't make sense to me either but fine glassware does i'm with you on that all right does this make sense Point five W O R D. 
everywhere you go, anywhere you go. Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on wordfm.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, spotlights Craig Pollard this Saturday to discuss bivocational ministry. Learn how local ministries like The Family Wins exists under the leadership of businessmen and women like Craig. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for this and an informative show for seniors and their families about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages have become very popular. Understand their benefits, costs, and concerns. Sponsored by Federated Mortgage. Home is where the heart is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And, and we're, we're the, the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. What exactly is a deacon? What does a deacon do? I remember um, a, a former pirate, Vernon Law, and his nickname, <laughs> yeah, right. his nickname was Deacon. I, I remember, yeah. Because right? he was a deacon right. in the church, and you know, people, guys who didn't know, you know, they just called him Deacon. Right. So what does a deacon do? Well, Father Tom Soroka is with us. He's pastor at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, PA. Hey, Tom, how you doing? Hi, guys. How are you? Well, Tom, back in the studio here for only our second day. So, you know, things are changing. Congratulations. That's very exciting. We're excited about it, Tom. We can't wait to welcome you in here so we can see you face to face. It's been a long, long time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been really great seeing everybody at church and everybody walking around, you know, without masks. I know there's a few people that are still 
very careful, and that's great, but it's been really wonderful. So I think everybody's jubilant over it. Excellent. Okay, so, Tom, you bring up the subject of deacons to us today. Why? Well, uh, yesterday, or let's see, two days ago at church, we had a very festive day, and one of the uh, men in our congregation was studying for the last two years under my guidance, and he did a lot of self-study, and he was ordained to the diaconate to be a deacon. And it's a pretty big deal in our church. It's actually you're considered clergy when you're a deacon, but there's a whole history to this, and obviously it starts with the Bible. Um, You know, when we read in Acts 6, it's a very interesting chapter because the apostles are, are a little bit complaining because there was a, a dispute among the Hellenists, right, that they were saying, hey, these apostles aren't giving us enough food and aren't giving us enough money in the daily distribution. That's what we read in Act 6, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And so the apostles say, look, you know, we're supposed to be converting people and preaching, and we don't have time. And you always read this in the uh, English Bible, it says, we don't have time to wait on tables, right? Yeah, We don't Mm want to leave the Word of God and wait tables. Here's what's really cool. So when you look at, uh, in chapter 6 of Acts, verses 1 and 2, and you are um, reading not the English, but the Greek, the Greek makes it very clear what a deacon is, because the first word, distribution, in Greek is diakonia. Oh, is that right? Yes, it is. And to wait tables or to serve tables is diakonian trapezas. It's literally to wait on tables. And so a deacon is one who distributes, is one who serves, is one who waits on tables. And what's really cool about this whole section in Acts is they don't really, they're not called deacons, right? It's not say, and now we're going to make you deacons. It just says they're going to help us with this, these things that we're doing so that we, the apostles, can take care of what we're supposed to be doing, and that is bringing the gospel to the people. These seven men will actually do the diaconia which is the distribution and the waiting on tables. Hmm. Now, that pa- you know that passage has been interesting to me for a long time, especially um, when you realize that Stephen is one of the people who's set aside. Um, and Stephen, of course, being the first martyr of the Christian church. And um, it makes me think that the people who are in the diaconate position – um, it would seem, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily prescriptive based on the story of Stephen, but it does give you pause that perhaps those people are at the center of a certain variety of spiritual warfare. I absolutely think that you are correct, that uh, Stephen is, of course, the first martyr, right, like you said. He is the what we call the proto-martyr, and he is also prototypical of one who serves. And what I love about Stephen is what you hear in Acts about him is that he's actually going out and preaching, right? So it seems like he's he's not really shown doing this uh, distribution, but he's doing mm-hmm. teaching. And this was certainly historically part of the deacon's role. 
Um, and so, yes, the, the deacon is, is sacrificing himself in a very particular way. And what I think is really wonderful about the role of deacon today, you know, when we think about, quote-unquote, clergy, we usually think about pastors, we think about, uh, you know, the, the, like I'm the rector of the church, right? I'm the priest. You have pastors. And they are the, the men, uh, usually, that are paid, right? So they are actually, that's part of their job. That's what they do. Whereas deacons usually are not. They, are, they have a very important role where they are um, serving and doing the sacrificial ministry, but they're usually not paid. And I'm not saying that this is about money, but to your point, Kathy, they sacrifice their, their time and their, their lives in a very different way than those of us that maybe are in professional ministry. And I think that's what makes the role of the deacon so special. Mm-hmm. And, and Tom, the big thing is, right, that this is a position of, uh, of of great importance, right? They are in many ways the grease of the church, right? There's yeah. these move, they move things forward here, and that's essential for just ministry life. Right. So, I, you know, I'm not super familiar with how deacons work in in various denominations. But here's what what I do know, John. In the history of the diaconate, it's it's fascinating because, you know, it fell away. It fell away in the West very, very quickly, like fourth century. There were really no deacons at that point. In the East, the deacons fell away about the sixth or seventh century, and it was sort of this rare office that was used. However, lately, especially in the last 100 years, the role of the diaconate has come back. Now, in uh, Protestant churches, generally speaking, these are people that are serving uh, maybe on a board. They are serving in a very official way in the church. They're recognized as having a certain amount of authority in the church, but they're not the pastor. In the Orthodox and the Catholic Church, they take a little bit of a different role. In the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, they are sort of considered clergy. They are clergy, but they're not treated exactly like priests would be treated. In the Orthodox Church, here's what's really fascinating. It is seen as the third of this threefold ministry. So you have bishops, priests, or presbyters, right? Presbyteros, which is the the Greek word, and then diakonos, deacon. The New Testament is not super clear. It's sort of, you know, even St. Paul is called a minister. Jesus is called a minister. That is diakonos. But very soon in the history of the church, right after the time of the apostles, these um, these three roles become very clear as to what they are. And uh, the one thing I wanted to point out about these seven deacons that are listed in uh, Act 6, Kathy, you pointed out how important the role of deacon is because we see Stephen as the first of the seven, right? He's the first one listed. Here's just a little trivia. The last one that is listed is Nicholas. Now, historically, there is some uh, disagreement about actually who this Nicholas is, but there are some historians and church fathers that say that this Nicholas 
is the one because he's listed last. He is the one who later kind of goes off the rails and causes heresy within the church and starts kind of his own sect. And he's the one that is called out by Jesus in the book of Revelation to say that he hates the works of the Nicolaitans. Really? It's that, yeah. It's that Nicholas, the Nicholas I never heard the deacon. That. Yeah. Okay. It, so, you know, some of the fathers say it's him. Some say they, that it isn't him. Uh, there's not unanimity on this, but there is a strong tradition that the Nicolaitans in Revelation is actually, and that's why Nicholas in Acts 6 is listed last, just like Judas is listed last always as the, the last apostle. Well, that's fascinating, Tom. That's a, that's a great little nugget. I, I really appreciate that. Well, listen, uh, thanks for coming along today to help us to understand the role of the deacon in the church. It's really important. Well, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you guys. I'm happy for you that you're back together again. Pittsburgh needs you, and, and the church mm-hmm. needs you. You're very oh. kind. Well, join us in person next time you join us, Yeah, it'd be super fun, Tom. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Tom, Father Tom Soroka, he is the pastor of St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. We come back, we're going to talk. We've got an update on Charles Stanley, and his new business venture <laughs> is not really that true. Join Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise this August. Hello, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'm excited to tell you that I will be joining my friends at Salem Media Group to host a cruise to Alaska, and I'm hoping that you can join me. Alaska, as you know, is filled with glaciers, rugged mountains, and wildlife, a land where God's design and majesty are constantly on display. If you've ever dreamed of exploring this amazing place, now's your opportunity, especially as we'll experience the wonders of Alaska in a community of other believers, and this from the comfort of our first-class ship. The week will be enhanced as my friends Laura Story and Michael O'Brien lead us in worship, and as together we look at God's Word for both challenge and inspiration. Join Salem Media Group and our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, this summer. Sign up now, 855-565-5519. That's 855-565-5519. Or log on to deeperfaithcruise.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching and elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors, individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. (laughs) What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select quote. We shop. You save. 
Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever has been extended for a limited time. Shop and save up to $500 on top-rated mattress brands like Sealy and Sleepy's. Plus, get a free adjustable base with your $6.99 mattress purchase. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food. We've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food. Because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. What a strange age that we live in. (laughs) Now, we saw this uh, today at Christianity Today's website. Yes. And the headline is this. Charles Stanley not selling CBD. That's Social media. Here's a subheadline. That's the headline. Social media (laughs) scam is using the Baptist preacher's name to advertise gummies and oil. I mean, people will take something. You've got to be kidding me. Okay, so here's the deal. Charles Stanley has been spending more time with his family since he stepped down as pastor of First Baptist Church in Atlanta last year. Mm -hmm. He has not started a new business selling gummies and other products infused with cannabinoid CBD oil, a compound extracted from the marijuana plant. Enough people thought that the longtime Southern Baptist pastor considered one of the best evangelical preachers of his generation, alongside Billy Graham and Chuck Swindoll, might have gotten into the CBD business, however, that In Touch Ministries has released a warning on Saturday saying, quote, in capital letters, it is a scam. Then they say, Dr. Stanley has not begun any new venture. He has not. Scammers are attempting to trick you into giving you your personal information or infect your electronic device by using Dr. Stanley's image. Our social media team has been working with Facebook to quickly remove these false ads as soon as we are alerted to them, says Seth Gray, In Touch Ministry spokesperson. Unfortunately, as soon as one ad is removed, another pops up in its place. Just to be clear, this is false, and Dr. Stanley does not endorse anything like this. I mean, what the heck? I mean, the fact that you have to do that is really, I mean, I'm laughing because this age is absurd. It's absurd. Charles, so the promotional material says this, quote, Charles Stanley CBD gummies are one of the most (laughs) selling and effective health improvement products that are constituted from various herbal and natural ingredients that are pure and natural to help consumers to get over various mental and physical health issues, such as anxiety, depression, and stress, says a website. Imagine what John MacArthur is going to endorse next. I mean, what the (laughs) others, other websites are asking you to sign up for a free sample of Charles Stanley CBD. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Th- how, can they not? I mean, I'm sure they have already put a cease and desist order. I hope so. In touch ministries are all over these people. Listen, we are not. John and I just should we make our public announcement now? Uh, endorsing CBD. That we are not going to be endorsing right. CBD anything. Right. So in case it comes out, don't click. What the heck? I mean, people. How could? Who even thinks of something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's who, just so ridiculous. Somebody's got too much time. Okay, what about news uh, comes from Rick Warren? Oh, how about that? Mm -hmm. So Charles Stanley has stepped away. Now, on Sunday, from the pulpit, Rick Warren has said he is stepping away as the pastor of his church and from his ministry. And they're looking for a replacement. 
I so I have shared this before on our program um, that before I ever went to Saddleback, I was convinced that mega churches were pretty useless. Really? Oh yes. You didn't know me then, John. But and I thought I thought mega churches were like you know it's, no, it's no, a no. bunch of glitz, it's a bunch of glamour, blah blah blah. Anyway, Rick Warren. Somebody paid for me to go to a conference at Rick Warren's church, Saddleback, and I went out and. I had to repent so many times mm-hmm. in a seven-day period. I can't even tell you. I mean, you know what? Rick, listen, that is a an absolutely terrific church. Because Rick Warren, in many ways, is like Tim Keller in that they're transparent. They, I mean, yep. Rick Warren sits down in front of people because he's too afraid to stand up. How weird is that? Yep. And there he is. So there he is, you know, warts and all. Love Rick. You love it. Love Rick. Anyway, hey, thanks for being with us. Podcast is up and running. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.